1: If I put that jack- Pacer Nation, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace, your go-to Pacers podcast. I'm your host, Alex Golden. I'm joined today by the bearded one, Michael J. Faji. Focci. Focci, how's it going? Hey, uh, that I am, Alex, clean-shaven, no longer
2: yeah. the bearded one himself. Um, uh, I'm taking on that, that task. But, Alex, I'm doing all right. You know, I, I'm still trying to move on from that loss to the Celtics, you know, I tried to play into it a little bit. Someone said, didn't you lose by 50 last night? I said, no, it was 51. You know, just to try, you know, try and give someone a little bit of a jab back, because what else could you do? You can't justify the performance. All you could try and do is look towards the next game.
1: I will say this. Our YouTube video of this post-game podcast was one of the most watched ones we've ever had. And in the comment section were countless Celtics fans. Not were no. they rubbing it in. They were sending their condolences basically saying yeah you know you guys handled this pretty well that was a tough one <laughs> like even Celtics fans felt bad for Pacer fans after that game last night oh man I had people
2: at work uh they messaged me I didn't even know they were Celtics fans but clearly they knew I was a Pacers fan so of <laughs> course they had something to say and you know it's easy to be a, a Celtics fan but you know at the same point hey We ain't going nowhere. Win, loss, you can't tie in basketball. That ain't happening. But, you know, we're going to be here. So I'm ready to dust ourselves off, hopefully get Tyrese back for Cleveland, and be able to to, uh, have a good showing in this uh, you know in-season tournament.
1: Yeah, first game of the in-season tournament with the new blue court with the gold down the middle. We talked about that a little bit. But today we also got some really cool news as the Pacers unveiled their City edition uniforms and their city edition court. What are your thoughts on the jersey and the court? Uh, I thought the jersey looked better than when
2: they initially revealed it a, a while back. Or, you know, whether that was the real that deal or not. sketchy
1: image from Scott Agnes. Yeah, It,
2: it was sketchy. It, it
1: was like one of those where people were
2: like, is that real, though? Yeah. The court that they showed today, I thought that was cool. I really did because we talked about last episode how the color of blue was a little bit off. It's kind of honestly similar to, I guess, the color blue that I'm wearing right now. But yeah. I thought the court that they showed today, that was pretty
1: cool. What were your yeah, thoughts? The, the spray paint effect is pretty neat. Uh, uh, Renick Bowman, who is one of the head social guys for the Pacers, actually was given the opportunity to do all this and, and design all this. So Nike kind of gave him the control to have the designing powers of this, or everyone to say that. So the creative powers to design this. So he said it took him two years to kind of just perfectly find what he wanted with everything. And so I'm going to be doing a one-on-one interview with him for the Blue and Golden to kind of get a little bit more of a backstory on that, just because I thought it was really cool. But Renick Bowman is the guy to give a shout out to for, for that artwork and that creativity. There's a lot of people that still weren't a fan of the color because it's not really traditional pacer colors but i think that it does make a lot of sense because of the the branding behind it was we're new we're young we're exciting we're different and that does make a lot of sense with the theme they went with i think sometimes people are just too harsh on like
2: that goes against what tradition is or this or that it's like come on guys like uh, uh, let's have some fun it's not that serious it's it's basketball at the same point it's not like they're changing the game they're changing the jerseys or the court or things like that. So, I think we can we can live a little bit and I thought this was a, this was a pretty cool idea.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I wanted to say last night we totally forgot to bring it up when we were having our interview or conversation I should say with one another about the Pacers loss to Boston. Um loss and all that legendary head coach of the Indiana Hoosiers Bob Knight did pass away right before really tip off. And it kind of went viral and everyone was sending their condolences to the Knight family I know that Rick Carlisle mentioned that at the end of his press conference and Quinn Buckner had a moment there or two where he talked about the impact Bobby Knight had on his life and so I I wanted to make sure that we did not just overlook that and dismiss that because I know we have a lot of Hoosier fans that listen to this podcast that were were big Bobby Knight believers and and supporters and so it's tough you know there's a lot of history with bob knight and and you can find the good and the bad with everything there but at this moment in time i don't think it's it's really relevant to bring up the negative as he just passed away and just kind of let his family grieve and let let the good memories that people had of him live on because he was a legendary coach in this state no doubt one of the
2: basketball legends i mean those that play you know you can't say maybe all of them but like players that that succeeded or, or, or did great things have the greatest things to say about Like you could see Quinn getting choked up, you know, during the game. And, you know, I, I felt for him. And then, you know, obviously, you know, guys like Isaiah Thomas who absolutely adored, you know, Bob Knight. And then the fact that he coached Mike Krzyzewski back in the day, it's like his influence on the game of basketball is just massive. So we truly lost one of the legends in the game And, yeah, my condolences go out to the Knight family.
1: Um, It's just been a rough week. You know, it started off last Saturday with Matthew Perry passing away, you know, Mm -hmm. from friends. And I think that's probably more relevant for our age group that got to grow up watching Friends and being a part of that. But, you know, it was just sad to see him pass Then Bobby Knight. It's like it's just been a really sad week in terms of news for, for celebrities. Hey, not even just
2: celebrities. You know, I didn't really mention it. My grandma passed away less really? than two weeks ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, I, I you know, it's... My it's analysis, my it's, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. You know, tough time, uh, you know, just going around. So, no, no matter who it is, hey, if you got a loved one out there, just, uh, you know, give them a call. Give them a call, you know, because once they pass, you, you start to look back on a lot of things. But, you know, hey, looking forward on this team, you know, as we transition now, Alex, there was someone who played well last night. That we're wondering, how do we get a little bit more of that? You know, tell everybody what we were thinking about talking about for this topic.
1: Yeah, I felt like that was such a rough transition there, going from talking about. Well, yeah, so how else are you gonna? Things. How else are you gonna transition? There's no other way to do
2: it. And you know what? Look, I get it. I love my grandma to, to the moon. She knew I loved her, and and with that, hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna make her proud on on setting the pace. And uh, you know, I'm sure she would have been a fan of the next player we're talking about. That's Jarris Walker because I'm a fan of him. You're a fan of him, and the rest of the fans of the Pacers want to see a little bit more of him. So, Alex, as we transition over here, no matter which way we're going to do it, how do we find Jarris Walker some more playing time?
1: Oh man, this is such a I'm 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 just cracking up over here. How are we oh, we're good. <laughs> How you moved this along to here. So I'm happy for it. But yeah, grandma would like Jairus Walker. She 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 would have liked Jairus Walker in the rotation. I can tell you that. Yeah. I mean, hey, we got to make grandma proud. If she wants Jairus in the Mm -hmm. rotation, you know, Rick's got to find some minutes for him. No. Yeah. I mean, we we definitely need to improve upon our defense. And I think Jairus has those defensive capabilities to make this a better team. Now, I will say, if we're going to a nine man rotation like we have been, is there a way they could maybe get Jarrett some minutes in there at the four and, and expand that upon a 10-man rotation, which we kind of thought the nine-man rotation shook out how we thought. We just mm-hmm. envisioned maybe Jarrett's getting more look at the four and Aaron playing more three, yeah. but instead it's been more Aaron at the four. And then you see some TJ McConnell sprinkled in there when he's in that 10-man rotation. So it's really right now between Shepard, McConnell, and, and and Jairus Walker for the 10th man getting any minutes and and right now I don't I don't think Jairus is in the pecking order at the top of the order I I think he's more like three but at at the same time I wouldn't be opposed to Rick Carlisle allowing him the opportunity to grow and go out there and see what he can do even if it's only like a a eight minute stretch for a quarter or two whatever just just let him get out there and get some experience to see what he can do because Hey, maybe he pops, maybe he does something really special and you realize, okay, I got to get this guy more playing time because we saw it last night. Him in the short role can be very exciting because he's such a good facilitator. He's such a good defender. He's young, he's raw, but he's got a lot of great instincts that you want in the player. And I think they need to find a way to carve out some time for him.
2: Yeah, they do. And to your point before about you know, Aaron Neesmith, we did expect Neesmith to play him far more of the three than the four looked it up per basketball reference 89% of the 99 minutes that Aaron e. Smith has logged has been at the four this year. So that's something that kind of um you know clogs up the playing time for Jerris Walker to be able to get in there. Then obviously you have Obi Toppin already. Now I think through four games you know no one's going to say that he's blown anyone away, but at the same point he's playing 21 and a half minutes. I don't think anyone's saying, you know what, Obi needs to play less. It's, no, look, we got to give him more time. He's still getting used to, obviously, playing with all these guys. And we haven't seen the best of him yet. But it's just funny how things change in an instance. You know, Jarris Walker, while it wasn't meaningful minutes, 0-5 against Washington. Then you see him play the full fourth quarter, and it looked like he came out there, guns blazing. You know, got out there, was, was four of six from the field, eight points. The three assists that you mentioned, he had two boards, a block. But also against Washington, he did have four rebounds. In six minutes, this is a guy that we do believe with his 7'2", 7'3", wingspan, could be a good rebounder in this league, was drafted mostly for his defensive potential, and obviously he's a really good playmaker. Those are some things that Obi Toppin might never be able to possess in the league. But in your article, if you, want to, if you want to talk about it, you highlighted some of the small ball five minutes that Jarris Walker did play. So do you think that that's an avenue for him to maybe play some small ball five, maybe even if it's at the expense of kind of taking ijax's minutes as a, a, a third-string center by any means?
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I think it'd be fun to see that wrinkle. Mm-hmm. It's weird because we felt like before the season started, we needed to really improve our power forward depth. They go yes. out. They draft Jairus Walker. They go ahead and trade for Obi Toppin, and I think that it did obviously improve. But at the same time, to what extent, you know, are yeah. are are they that much better with who they have now than just playing these at the starting power forward like they did last year? And I think that the case is a lot closer than people realize. Obi Toppin to me has underwhelmed a little bit. Yes, since he's been here. But I also don't know if it's just him not really sure what his role is so i'm like i'm saying i'm not trying to write him off but that's interesting um, to me and then Jairus just doesn't feel ready and i wanted to ask you this if you look at game 1 against washington versus the game that he played last night against boston did it feel like he was a little bit more under control against boston than he was against washington
2: yeah it did i mean that his first basket when he put the ball on the hoop it looked like he was like okay all right like he i don't know if he had some first game jitters like I'm that sure real did. you know you're getting And then there, and it's like, I feel like so badly he wanted to score the basketball, and he was just forcing things a little bit. He looked like calm, collected. I mean, he had a nice jumper, you know, in in this game uh, against uh, Boston. So I just felt like he looked more under control to, to what you asked. So I do think that hopefully that could, and same thing with Ben Shepherd. I mean, Ben Shepard, we saw Ben Shepard go He got swatted on his first shot against mm-hmm. Washington. He was probably like, okay, this is the real deal, not summer league, not preseason. This is the NBA. Things are a little bit faster, and I think both players look solidly better in their second
1: appearance
2: compared to the first.
1: And that means that they are improving in practice. They're growing as players, and they're maturing. So- you're you're excited about that. You're hoping that maybe that can be translated into getting them into the rot- rotation eventually. You got to see what they can bring to the table. But yeah, I don't I don't necessarily know if there's going to be a role for him. But I would be excited if Rick would experiment a little bit more with it. Specifically, if if we're going to be without Halliburton and or Jalen Smith on Friday against the Cavaliers, I think it makes sense to give him some run just to see what he can do. But that Cavaliers team, they're going to be coming back ready to get some revenge after that game that the Pacers stole in Cleveland, and they're probably going to be a little bit more healthy than they were for that game. So Indiana's really going to have to protect their home court, especially if they want to take this in-season tournament serious. Yeah, at minimum,
2: it feels that Donovan Mitchell will be back for that game because he has come back since Jared Allen, Darius Garland. I'm not entirely sure what their status is, Yeah, but this is going to be a Cleveland team that should have Mitchell out there. And we've seen Donovan Mitchell torch the Pacers before. I mean, last year, I think he might have had a 40-point game or whatever it was. He he had some really good games against the Pacers. So expect that things aren't going to be, I don't want to say as easy as they were last time, but um, expect a, a handful for this Pacers team. If there is no Halberd, no Jalen Smith, you know, Oh, this is this is going to be a tall task because this is a Cleveland team that does have aspirations for this year, even if there's no Jared Allen or Darius Garland out there.
1: Yeah, no, you're right about that. They're a talented team, and the Pacers really need to get back to their winning ways to kind of just establish themselves as a as a playoff team and, and not get themselves caught in a bit of a losing streak here where they could have some negative vibes in this home stretch. I think they need to really use these five games in a row at home to focus and, and get back on top in terms of the win loss column. But for Jared, uh, for Jared Walker, my final thoughts on him I think they need to start finding some minutes for him here and there that are meaningful, not necessarily just throw him right into the fold, but maybe as the 10th man here and there, get him some more minutes, more experience. And then if that evolves, then maybe give him some more minutes, expand upon that. But I think just little baby steps right now would be good for him instead of absolutely no court time unless we're up by 50 or down by 50. So he needs yeah. some significant playing time. I, I Not significant. He needs some meaningful not, playing time. Exactly. Yet to play a meaningful minute. Yeah, Yet he needs some meaningful playing time just to get a feel for what it can become. But any thoughts on Jairus Walker before we take a break and come back to start our next segment? No, I
2: would just say, lastly, hey, this patient. Team, they're two and two. Uh, I don't think that they're, you know, ahead of where people thought. I don't think they're behind of where they thought. I think it's a bad loss to, to Boston. You can write off to, uh, a loss to Chicago that you should have had. And then Cleveland, obviously, they were without some players. So it's hard to gauge this team thus far, other than they need to improve defensively. And that is what Jarris could bring to this team. So I'm, I'm on board with you. I don't know how many minutes it'll be, but I want to see some meaningful minutes occur for Jarris. It would be very big for his growth, you know, going up against elite NBA talent instead of maybe the end of the bench talent for, for any team, especially a team like Washington. But that end of the bench talent, you know, I mean, you know, talent's a little, a little bit of a stretch.
1: I would even say the same for Boston. I mean, they have a really talented five, but they're back, you know, five. Right.
2: Their bench, I think, was averaging the fewest points in the league. I think it was like 15 points per game coming into last game, and obviously that probably changed a bit. But, um, you know, I'm with you on that.
1: Yeah, it's just one of those things. It's such a small sample size you really can't form an opinion other than that he needs to see the court a little bit more. But speaking of seeing the court a little bit more, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go to our second week of Pacers trivia. We've got Casey and Tyler coming on to compete head-to-head. Fachi and I have some very fun questions for these two. We'll see if they're up to the challenge. But before that, a quick message from Ripple Bagel and Deli. Ripple Bagel and Deli is the home of Indy's original steam bagel sandwich. It's located in the heart of Broad Ripple and they're family owned and operated, proudly serving their customers for over 20 years. They pride themselves on quick casual dining with over 100 different steam bagel sandwich options. It truly is a staple in Indianapolis and a can't miss breakfast and lunch spot. Ripple Bagel & Deli offers a great friends and family atmosphere where you're always welcome to dine in and be a part of the family or feel free to bypass anyway by conveniently ordering and paying for carryout ahead of time at RippleBagelDeli.com. Ripple Bagel & Deli also offers best-in-class catering anytime, anywhere, with a long list of customers ranging anywhere from law firms to drug reps to several different sports-related clients, including Butler, IUPUI, the Indianapolis Colts, and several visiting NFL teams. They pride themselves on their ability to satisfy all of your catering needs, no matter the occasion or event, and will customize your order, provide competitive pricing, and always deliver on time. Ripple Bagel Deli, the home of Indy's original steam bagel sandwich. Hey, Pacer fans! Alex Golden here. I wanted to let you know about my new blog, The Blue and Golden. If you enjoy reading articles about the Pacers, then subscribe to my Substack, which is 100% free. You can find the blog at The Blue and Golden. Dot .substack.com, or you can follow the link in the description of this podcast. If you enjoy what you're reading on The Blue and Golden, please share the blog with your family and friends. Thanks for your support of not only this podcast, but my written work that can only be found on the com. Now,
0: let's get back to the show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all
1: All right, everybody, we are back for some Pacers trivia and are Setting the Pace fans of the week. We got Casey and Tyler here. These guys are ready to go. They're ready to answer some tough trivia questions, but maybe not as tough as last week. So we're excited to have them on the show and get to know them a little bit better. Tyler is a reoccurring fan of the week. He was on a couple of years ago, but this is Casey's first time. So, Casey, how how you doing, man? Uh, longtime Pacer fan?
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, born and bred. You know, I was born in the late 90s to a a family that was like a fan of basketball. So that was pretty much, I mean, like some of my earliest memories are like when I was getting to the point where I was finally like a toddler was when about they were in the finals. And it, you know, the team is so inexplicably tied in so many ways to the course of my life Like, I remember the first time that I ever actually got in trouble at school was on the bus coming home because it was right after the brawl. And I was trying to, like, explain to my buddy, like, what had happened. And we were, like, halfway reenacting it, like, so that I could show him and, like, I got in trouble because they thought we were fighting. <laughs> so <laughs> that that has like, I don't know, Pacers basketball has been a huge thing in my life pretty much throughout all of it, save for around 2006 to around 2011. Um, in 2006, I got really, really into wrestling. And you know, like you're a kid, you can't like halfway like one thing. You have to like, it's just the one thing for yeah. several mm-hmm. years. Uh, but it was right around the time that Vogel took over, and they gave the, uh, the Bulls the hardest sweep in NBA history. <laughs> uh, that was around the time when I got back into it hardcore.
2: Well, you didn't miss that much during those years of just uh, <laughs> You know, they very that, lucky. Man, Tough stretch for pace to basketball. We appreciate, you know, kind of having you back. And obviously, yeah, I'm a big wrestling fan as well. So, hey. I don't blame you, but, you know, sometimes if we can spread it out and, and enjoy two things, you know. Oh, yeah. you got it all. Uh Tyler, you know, welcome back on the show. Awesome to have you, you back on. Tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe some of your earliest memories as a Pacer fan.
5: Hey, so uh, I've been on the Pacer bandwagon since about 98. Um, funny story of uh, what got me here was there was a video game NBA Live 99 and I was spending a lot of time at my friend's house, and that was the game then. We played it nonstop, and uh, that was the team that I would always use because of uh, the three-point shooting. They had Reggie and uh, Fred Hoiberg, the highest three-point ratings on the game, I believe, maybe aside from Steve Kerr. But that was my team to use, and they were often on TV during those years. You know, that was a team you could catch on TV, on, like, you know, national TV. So... Was just kind of connecting it to that. And it just kind of stuck, you know, the uh, the style of play and just everything they were about. It was fun to watch. Um, it was like smash mouth basketball. And um, it, it was exciting to see. So it stuck with me. I've been through them with the good and the bad, uh, you know, the TJ Ford days through the back to the Jermaine O'Neill era. And then even before that. So, uh, you know, it's been up and down, but it's been a lot of fun. The T.J. Hey, Ford days. Looking yeah.
2: forward to coming back on the up. Yeah, the T.J. – I mean, you could just shuffle through a bunch of point guards between the T.J. Ford or Jamal Tinsley. I mean, whoever it may be. Anthony, Anthony Johnson. Anthony Johnson. Yeah, you know, yeah. Had a little bit of a run, you know, good playoff performance. You know, back I tell you year.
5: what, I was, I was at a game. I, I only get to go to like one or two games a year, but Anthony Johnson, uh, they played the Lakers, and he was the second leading scorer behind Reggie when Reggie had 39 at the age of 39. Anthony Johnson had a big game that night. That was a a close game, Uh, but I remember AJ. Yeah,
1: it's a good throwback right over there. He was a solid point guard, that's for sure. Maybe a little bit underappreciated for his time here with the Pacers and what he did. Now, we're going to get into our trivia here, and I'm going to let Casey pick who he wants to uh, ask him the first question, but I'm going to go ahead and give you guys our three categories. Our first one is the wrong side of history. The second category is Jermaine O'Neal trades. And the last one is coaching history. Okay. So those are the three categories for today's Pacers trivia. So Casey, it's up to you. Do you want me or Fauci to ask you the first question?
4: Uh, Let's start Alex.
1: Okay, here we go. This is the wrong side of history. Last year, not last season, The Indiana Pacers gave up 158 points in a game. Who was their opponent? Was it A, the Phoenix Suns, B, the Charlotte Hornets, C, the Golden State Warriors, or D, the Atlanta Hawks?
4: It is difficult for me to nail it down, but for some reason I feel like it was the Hornets.
1: Is that your final answer, or would you like a hint? Give me a hint. All right, the hint is, Kelly Oubre Jr. was the leading scorer for this team with 39 points.
4: You'd think the hint would make it easier.
1: <laughs> um, I'm not going to give you the answer with a hint. Oh, well, I but... know,
4: I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, Yeah, I, at the risk of embarrassing myself, I think he was on the Hornets last year.
1: Is that your final answer? Yeah. All right, that is correct. The Charlotte Hornets were the team that the Indiana Pacers lost to big time. This was during the whole entire, I love my little team, Herb Simon era. And the Hornets came into Indiana and just absolutely dominated us. I think they scored 158 that game. So it was a bloodbath. And I remember I posted a picture of Herb Simon sitting there in the, in the meme with the fire happening. And I had a Chick-fil-A bag on there and I said, I love my little team. Everything's okay. So, that was a fun that was a fun one here so Tyler you uh, are up and Foch is gonna ask you this question
2: all right first I just wanted to say you know Casey great job not letting Alex intimidate you out of that answer I was just me-
1: making sure Each
2: time he said final answer it was like don't let him play any mind games with you so great job holding firm on that but oh, for yeah. mm-hmm. great job so next question over here for Tyler sticking on that same category of wrong side of history. The Indiana Pacers suffered their second worst loss in franchise history against the Boston Celtics this Wednesday night, losing by 51 points. It was 155-104. to What team beat the Pacers by 59 points back in 1977 to give them the worst loss point differential in franchise history? Here's the four choices.
5: I don't don't need them talking. What do you got? Choices. I'm going to go with the Golden State Warriors. Ooh, very impressive right over here because you're correct.
2: And if you were going to get a hint, the hint was that we talked about it on the show yesterday. Fantastic job, especially not even needing any choices. I just wanted to flex a little bit. No, that was quite the flex right there. (laughs) So. Very impressive, hey! If I could have gave you a bonus point right over there, I probably would have gave it to you. But we're nice. tied Thank up you. at one apiece through round one. You could feel that, you know. We we got a uh, you know edge of your seat material over here. If this is going to be a
1: showdown. All right, we're going to move on to round two. And Tyler, you have the choice to pick Fachi or me to ask you the question this round.
5: Uh, I'm going to go with Fachi. Just you know because we we uh, we got it going on that first question. Let's keep it going on this one.
1: All right. Power and I got some
2: chemistry going right now, so you you never know. Uh, So round two, Jermaine O'Neal trades. My man, Jermaine, favorite player of all time. Don't think there will ever be another one in terms of who, you know, my love for a a basketball player. But here's the question. What player did the Pacers trade away to acquire Jermaine O'Neal, and what team did they trade him to? Here are the choices. I'm good,
5: Pachi. I'm good. Don't worry about it. Um I'm gonna go with uh, you know this was hard for me back then. You know, I was a big Dell Davis fan. And uh, you know, to lose Davis to the Portland Trailblazers, um it was I I, I was I was Dell Davis Martin, you know, I love that team, but to lose him to the Blazers in a trade that brought J O back to us, um uh, that that it hurt at the time, but a couple of years later it felt really good. So Tyler is
2: not messing around. He even is multiple correct. Choice. Yeah. has not needed any choices. I mean, he's coming out guns blazing over here. So you get at the point right over there. Fantastic stuff. Thank you. Paul.
1: All right, Casey, you are back up and uh, you know, we're, we're going to make sure we get this one right to keep this one close. I'm not going to give you the answer, but I just, I, I feel bad because Tyler doesn't even uh, need the multiple <laughs> choice. So Yeah. We'll see if you need it on this one, okay? We're talking Jermaine O'Neal trades. Whose draft rights did the Pacers acquire when they traded away Jermaine O'Neal in the 2008 draft? I know you said you were not watching basketball during this time, so that is a bit of a bummer. I'll give you some multiple choice here. Was it A, Brandon Rush, B, Danny Granger, C, Paul George, or D, Roy Hibbert?
4: Well, first, first of all, let me say if we somehow end up in a tiebreaker situation, I'm pretty sure we have to give it to him immediately, right? No. I mean, two two in a row, no choices needed. I mean, come I'm on. Impressed. Would you have uh, been able
1: to get the last two questions without multiple choice?
4: I would have been able to get the first one. Okay. Cuz I listened to the show. But there we go. Um let's see here. And was there was there a hint on round two or no? There
1: is a hint for round two if you'd like it.
4: I would be a fool not
1: to use it. Okay. He started the Pacers original fan zone section.
4: All right. So I believe that would have been Roy Hibbert.
1: That is correct. It is Roy Hibbert. Yeah, Brandon Rush and Roy Hibbert were in the same draft class. Danny Granger was a couple years before Paul George a couple years later. So, you know, that was uh it was Roy Hibbert that came back. I think he was the seventeenth overall pick by the Raptors. He was- Yep. Yeah. And Jermaine O'Neal, formerly picked 17th overall by the Portland Trailblazers. So interesting how all the numbers tie together there. So now we're moving on to coaching history. Casey, I'm gonna have you pick me or Fauci to to ask you this question.
4: Uh, you know, being such a huge wrestling fan as I am, I have to go with former WWE employee Michael J. Fauci. Hey, oh.
2: nice stuff right over there. Michael J. Yep. I like it. Yep, yep. Hey. I appreciate the, the loyalty listening to the show. Um, Now, in this scenario, there are no hints for this round. Right. So here is the question. Who has the most wins in Pacers NBA history? Choice A, Frank Vogel. Choice B, Nate McMillan. Choice C, Rick Carlisle. Or choice D, Larry Brown.
4: I believe... So between the two, I think Rick would be close, but especially considering the sort of underperforming nature of the team the last couple of years, my thought would be Larry Brown.
2: The final answer?
4: Final answer. Send it.
2: It is incorrect. Figured. All right. Alex, how do we want to proceed here in terms of – should we just move on to the next question?
1: Yeah, we'll just move on to the next question. I'm curious though, Tyler, do you have the answer for that question? Do you know who it was?
5: Was the question who
1: who's got the most NBA wins for the Pacers in their history?
5: Um, uh, I'm going to I w- I would have went with uh, Larry Brown on that. Yeah, uh,
1: he he's story. actually second, I believe. Uh is
5: well, Bobby
1: Bobby Leonard did not have NBA wins. He had ABA. Okay,
5: wins. See that that would have been my that would have been my my guess. Honestly, was Bobby Leonard, but yeah, uh, but I was the ABA stuff, you know. So,
1: all right. Well, Casey, you got a good guess because that's what Tyler would have picked. <laughs> yeah, and that's what you get for going against me, uh, but not, not picking me again <laughs> for the final round. You know, I had to go with Michael J. Focci, So that's what you get. Yep. So <laughs> well, no, you might as well give him the answer. So yeah, it was uh, it was Frank Vogel, Frank the <laughs> Tank.
2: And Vogel I feel like has slept on, but you guys got to remember, there were some real good years in, during that span that, you know, had some success. So, uh, you know, the patients were good with those back-to-back conference finals runs. Um, so so I, I think that that's one that, uh, you know, his time gets a little bit slept on.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I, I, my thought was like length. I didn't figure the tenure was probably quite as long and the lockout season shortened the numbers for me. Mm-hmm. So th- those were my two reasons for not going him.
1: Yeah, he was – when did he get fired, Pachi? Was it 17? I
4: uh, believe 16?
1: so. Well, might 16? Have been at, it's 2016 because yeah. McMillan took over for the last year of mm-hmm. Paul George. Yep,
5: absolutely. So, yeah,
1: he had about six years there of good play. So, all right, Tyler, if you don't get this one, we're going to a tiebreaker. If you get it, you are the champ this week.
5: Okay, let's see what we've got.
1: All right, who has the most wins coaching-wise in the Pacers' NBA playoff history? Is it A? Isaiah Thomas. B, Rick Carlisle. C, Larry Brown. Or D, Larry Bird.
5: Are you saying it's playoffs only?
1: Playoffs only.
5: No regular season included.
1: No regular season included.
5: This is, All right, so if I get this right, can you give me my choices again?
1: Yeah, A, Isaiah Thomas. B, Rick Carlisle. C, Larry Brown. D Larry Bird.
5: We're gonna go with the bird man, Larry Bird.
1: That is correct.
5: Yeah, let's Tyler get
1: gets hey, all three impressive. questions right. Clean sweep on Pacers Trivia for round for week two. So congratulations to Tyler. He'll be moving on to our final four that we will be doing here in a couple of weeks. So Tyler, congratulations. Casey.
4: Tough tough competitor, though. I mean, you made well it all deserved. the way to the final round. Well deserved. I, I mean it. It, w- it was extremely clear to me by the second question that I knew less. So even if I had won in these three particular questions, I wouldn't have felt good about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did you well, know the
4: answer to that one? Uh, he would have been my guess, but
2: no. Yeah, the, those, there's the three straight runs to at least the conference finals, including the NBA finals for Larry Bird. I mean, hey, it was a great stretch. It was enough to have the most playoff wins for the Pacers. But I thought both of you did an awesome job today. Um, You know, Tyler, I think you're going to be going to be real tough to beat down the line. I I think for anyone who wants to come on for trivia next, they're going to be looking at this. They're going to say, man, this guy didn't even need some choices. I don't know. I better brush up on all this. But for the both of you, you know, I want to say that I really appreciate both of your support of the show. I mean, it means a lot to Alex and I. We wouldn't be doing this show if it wasn't for listeners such as yourselves, who are, are so passionate about this team and, and some of the content that we're putting out. So just wanted to take that moment to thank the both of you.
5: Hi, it's thank been you. a pleasure, guys. Thank you so much. It's been fun.
2: Absolutely. And Tyler, we'll have to schedule you to have to come on back uh, to, you know, potentially, uh, you know, take this championship home. Awesome stuff. And let your students know you represented the Pacers proudly.
5: All right. All right. Thank you all.
1: And you're going to be in town for the Pacers game against the, the, the Cavs. Is that right?
5: Yeah, so I'm coming up tomorrow, and we're going to watch the Cavs game, and we're going to watch the Hornets game on Saturday. We're really excited. I can't wait for my little girl to be there and see that new floor tomorrow night. And then the statement jerseys, I think we're going to have a blast. That's going to be amazing. I hope hope you both have the best time. Thank you, man.
1: Yeah, it's going to be great. I know Tyler has already said that he is going to stop by Ripple Bagel and Deli and get the Setting the Pace sandwich. I will say I did try it this past Sunday. It was fire, Fachi. I'm not going to lie. I'm not even just saying that because it's a sandwich that you know I kind of created. It was actually incredibly good. And my wife, as she's eating it, she goes, man, this is great. I was not expecting it to be this good. So that is not just me promoting it. That is me being sincere about it because I didn't know what to think with having corned beef, which is pastrami, salami, and turkey all together. But it was a combination I didn't know I needed. And the garlic bagel, I'm telling you, I thought it might be too overpowering. It's not. It's the perfect amount of garlic just to make it a little bit more savory. So, you know, if you're getting hungry listening to this, I apologize. But you can go out to Ripple Bagel in Delhi if you're here locally and get it. I do know sometimes they close around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I think they're open until 4 on Saturday. So if you want to get there before for lunch, before that game on Saturday, that would probably be your best bet there, Tyler.
5: Okay. Uh, before I go, I just want to give a shout out to my daughter, Lila, who is a little bit under the weather today. So, uh, love you, Lila. I guess we're going to be listening to this in the car, maybe this weekend. So, uh, hope you hear this. I love you and I hope you're feeling better, babe.
4: Casey, any shout outs from you? Uh, if anybody needs like a good place to like watch the game on Saturday... Uh, and they're not going to be making their way to the stadium. I'm the drummer for a, a touring country band here in Indiana called Night Out Country Band. And we're going to be at uh, AJ's Bar and Grill on like the north side of Indy. And it's nice. like, I, I think you guys can tell looking at me, I like the to sample the food where we go and play places. Um, and it's like my some of my favorite food that i eat anywhere i always look forward to going and playing there so they got tvs all over the place so uh come out and say you saw me here super cool
2: hey awesome let us know how that show goes and keep up the awesome work man my brother was in a band for like 15 years so you know hey great work i I appreciate uh appreciate the talent and the craft i i tried to be a drummer for like two years back in the day wasn't any good at it (laughs) so uh i respect the craft
4: thank you thank you i I appreciate it it's very very difficult but it's very fun we've hit like 10 states this year so i've spent a lot of time on the road and a lot of the time that i'm on the road i'm listening to setting the pace while we're driving so let's go we
2: we appreciate keeping you company uh, on those drives and uh hey to the both of you you know thanks for all your support for the show for the pacers and everything i'm telling you right now the best moments are ahead of us. So, mm-hmm. hey, as we sign off, I want to thank you guys once again for coming back on. And, uh, hey, Tyler, we'll be seeing you soon. Let's go, Pacers.
4: Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop. Smooth. we going
3: to